three, two, one, we're live. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We're live. Jimmy Germain show is back. It is Tuesday, September 25th, 2018. My name is Gabriel Hernandez. You guys should know that. We've been with each other for over three years. Been with each other for 155 plus episodes, counting the episodes of segments, but, um, like I said, welcome guys, welcome back. A lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things to cover, a lot of interesting things that have spanned within the last week or so. A lot can happen in a week, that's for damn sure. I can show you that a lot of stuff has happened in the last week. You know, the John Jones thing, uh, you know, the UFC 229 press conference went down. John Jones, as you saw, the suspension is lifted. Um, you know, comments surrounding... The press conference, things Connor said about Ali Delaziz, you know, a lot of things happened on my side of that. Responding to the press conference, getting in contact with a couple people, and 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 have the preview of October fourth podcast or October, yeah, October fourth podcast. So we're going to talk about that as well. So it's really exciting. A lot of interesting things have happened, um, and. You know, what better place to do it than on this very show? So, like I said, welcome in, guys. Um, relax. You know, I I just like, I was, I was just going to drop a promo right now. I was going to say, sit back, relax, pour a cup of that uh, proper 12 that Connor was talking about in that press conference. Relax to it. You know, when I, we're gonna, let's just start right off the bat. Like I said, when I first seen him pull that bottle out, I was like, oh, my God, this shit's going to get interesting. It would have been more fun, honestly, if they had fans, but I understand what the UFC was doing due to the fact of what happened last time in New York. And, you know, it was a crazy thing. So, obviously, there's security. Everything is going to be on tip-top peak performance. So, to make sure that nothing like that happens again. So, I understand how it was. I understand what happened. So it was a great press conference overall, though. We'll start directly there. You know, I was sitting here. I was waiting. You know, it took a long time. The stream started. They were showing a lot of uh, how the UFC got started on their on their, pre- their videos before the press conference and stuff. But it took a really long time, like about 30 minutes, 30 minute delay before uh, they actually officially started. You know, I kind of could have watched that press conference all day because, you know, ever since this fight has been announced, there really hasn't been too much PR there hasn't been a lot of media done. You know, there's been a couple of jib jabs on Instagram and stuff from Connor. But once we've seen it, you know, it was great from start to finish. You know, Connor threw in a lot of different things that I wasn't expecting. You know, talking about the, about Russia, the Russian, uh, uh, the Chechenian leader, Ramzan Kadyrov, talked about Vladimir Putin, talked about, um, and you know, they're just going on and on back and forth. So it's kind of like, you know, it was a little bit more than fighting, you know, talking about, you know, how this came to be. He talked about that. So it could be he was a fanboy, you know, and it, it, Connor was just being Connor throughout the whole entire press conference, which was which was what a lot of fans did enjoy. I know that from a, a, a fan's perspective, because anything Connor, people go crazy. You know, the proper Irish whiskey has a lot of people wanting to buy it, me included. I'm going to probably purchase my bottle in the next couple of weeks. I did actually look up a couple of local uh, supermarkets that listed and said that they had it in stock there. So hopefully I'm able to get my hands on a bottle. Hopefully that they are in stock. I know a couple people did call and see beforehand before going to the store and seeing because that is the right thing to do because, you know, we've all been there to the point where, you know, we go and pick up something that's not in stock. The website's different from what it says online. So that was interesting. It was cool. Uh, obviously, at the end of the press conference, we've seen Ali, you know, question Connor, saying, why the fuck do you have the belts? And he was cussing and, you know, it's antagonizing. You know, that's just Ali for you. You know, I, t- I actually had an interesting conversation with a, uh, a friend of mine yesterday on that. And that, like I said, we're not going to get too much into that and what we talked about and all that. But uh, Ryan Morrow is going to be joining us here on the next podcast. Not this, not today's podcast, but the next podcast. He's director of uh, Clarion Intel Network at clarionprojects.org and fucrafiles.com. Thankfully, we talked about and covered how to say that. That was fuckrafiles. Fucrafiles and um, a news media Intel security an- uh, analyst. So we talked about a lot of really interesting things. And, you know, I figured that, you know, might as well get a, uh, get a call in first with them. 
before the show and we kind of get a little preview of what we could be talking about. So I, I did that. It was pretty exciting. Um, really interested to get his take on, uh, on everything that's going on. You know, not, not mainly MMA wise, but he, he, he has a lot to do, ha- has a good portion of percent to do with what happened on the, with the press conference. So we're going to talk about, talk about that with him. Had a good, like I said, had a very interesting conversation with him. So, you know, we're not going to talk too much about Ali and stuff and kind of cover everything. I will cover everything on next week's show for sure. And uh, I can't wait for that. But yeah, the press conference was good. I enjoyed it. You know, it was Connor being Connor. I know a lot of people didn't like it. You know, a lot of people do questions like, what's he doing two weeks before a fight drinking and, you know, having the time of his life? It's just the rea- in reality of it, we don't know who the, f- who the hell, um, who the hell, uh, knows what goes on behind the scenes. So, like I said, you know, it, it was fun for me. I didn't judge him. I didn't think of anything. Obviously, he's doing big things outside. I actually talked about my friend, talked to him uh, with Ryan yesterday about that. I'm saying like, he has more than one venue. Not just fighting. He, he, he launched his proper Irish whiskey. By the way, for anyone that didn't know, you got probably, if you don't know, probably now you know, but he will have that a part of his contract. He will have that as a brand on the Octagon. The Octagon, the USC Octagon is going to have Connor's logo on there. So that's saying that he's doing a lot of things right, as well as his uh, launch of August McGregor, the suits, the suits he was talking about. Caught his McGregor fast and conditioning program. I'm pretty sure there's more, a lot more things he could venture into. Had a little bit of a, you know, back and forth with Habib, you know, regarding the the Artem Lobov incident. Um, you know, I really kind of didn't understand Khabib too much. I mean, I kind of got the gist enough to what, what he was talking about to really put out what I personally, what, no, I like, kind of like understand. I kind of pieced it together and I can kind of realize what he was saying. So it was, it was pretty fun. It was interesting. And obviously didn't last a lot long, lot, lot, last as long as I wanted it to. Um, obviously it would have been a lot more fun of an impact having the, the fans a part of it. You know, it would have been a lot more chaotic in my opinion, but I feel what I know. I feel, and I know what the UFC is doing. So I think that what they did was the best, uh, for them, and I think that you know that we can move forward from this. So, congrats to uh, Connor on his on his launch of uh, Proper Irish Twelve. And on God, I will drink that shit while I'm on this podcast. So, when we when that's that's going to be a future thing. I'm going to get it. That's something I definitely got to get my hands on. So, I can't wait to do that. But um, yeah, you have the fights next, uh, not this week, but the following week, October sixth, from Las Vegas, Nevada. And obviously, it's going to be a great fight, monumental fight. Uh, you know, he spoke very highly of uh, fighters uh, like Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz. It was a great fight. Great fight announced for UFC 230. UFC 230 still does not have a main event. So that perfectly uh, translates my next topic into the whole John Jones. John Jones thing. John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson was one of the fights that a lot of people were talking about that was rumored for UFC 230. Wasn't confirmed. John Jones's manager came on Ariel Hawani's show and uh, Luke Thomas's MMA Hour, um, saying that that was not the plan. John Jones, as far as they know, that's there's there's nothing been on the table, and and for right now, that's there's nothing on the books. I mean, it's kind of weird for the UFC to go so long without having a main event announced. Many thought, including myself, thought that maybe at the UFC 229 press conference we would get this tease teaser or this big announcement for a big fight that was announced which wasn't the case you know um but you know there's still some options in the books i think uh, tyron's injured uh i don't know if the john i I have a feeling that john may be on the card if not i i can't honestly think of anyone else that could be a a ufc 230 main event obviously poirier called for the 165 pound title between him and nate diaz you know, that would be, I wouldn't be mad at that, but you know, I, obviously I, I still want to have something, something that just sparks the fire, something that pops, you know, something, something that, that delivers firecrackers, something, a fight, you know, obviously that's a great fight that's going to deliver firecrackers, but another one, I, I feel if it's going, if they're going to go to the Madison Square Garden, if you look at the last two times um, that they went to the Garden, I think it was UFC 217 was Bisping fought George St. Pierre, three titles back to back, three champions dethroned. Um, yeah, really, no, three champions, three champions fought. And, uh, it was Bisping versus St. Pierre. 
it was uh, Ioana versus Rose. I think it was, uh, and fuck, I forgot the third one. Uh, I can't think right now. It's morning. It's seven fifty-one in the fucking morning. So give me some, give me some leeway. But um, yeah. So ever since then, those three title fights were amazing. Um, and then, oh, it was Garbrandt versus Dillashaw. <laughs> Garbrandt versus Dillashaw. Ioana versus uh, Rose and Bisping versus Saint Pierre. You know, uh, Bisping lost to Saint Pierre. Cody lost to TJ. It was back on the first time and. Um, Gone and lost to Rose for the first time too. So, yeah, it was a monumental event. Before that, it was McGregor versus Alvarez at the Garden. First UFC's first trip to the Garden. That was the night that he won the two world titles. That was the night where he be, he made history. He became a two division champion. And you know, it was a fantastic. Uh, it was a fantastic uh, night for them. So I feel that if the Madison Square Garden, if they get the Madison Square Garden main event squared away, it has to be a barn burner. It has to be absolute firefight. And honestly, for me, I do think that the fight with uh, Gustafson makes the most sense, personally. I think that's a fight, you know, both guys, you know, right now. I did hear on Ariel's show yesterday that that um, he asked that if if he would be fine, if it would be for a belt. Right now, at the very moment, I would be comfortable with a five-rounder. And it's guaranteed that the winner fights for the light heavyweight title next. But, you know, I don't know. We don't know what DC is doing. Obviously, he has a fight with Brock early next year. Um, I think he's going to squeeze one more in before that. But he did talk about a light heavyweight def- title defense before the year's up, and then he can fight Brock afterwards. But um, I, I don't think he wants to do anything right now to to damage Brock, the, the fight with Brock, and, um, and you know, get in the way of that. So he's going to do that. But like I said, I would be comfortable 100% with, with the fight with Gustafson and Jones being a non-title fight. I, I really see no need for... I see no need for an interim title because no one's injured because we do know what DC's plans are. He's to retire by March. If you want to make it a little bit more pizzazz, that's what they call it, then I guess you can add a belt, an interim belt or something like that. But I don't think that that really makes too much sense. I think the fight by itself with or without a belt sells because that was, in my opinion, one of the best fights that I think they've ever put on because... It's it's one of the best light heavyweight fights of all time, if not the best one. You know, both guys had their moments. Uh, it was a very close fight. I, I did think that John did enough to win that one, and a lot of people thought Alex did. But I did think that you know the last round sealed it, and it was a great one. But you know, Alex being the first one to take Jones down, you know, pretty handily in that time. But you know, before that fight, John said he was partying. He was he was doing cocaine or something. Like, oh no, that was a DC fight. He said he, he probably was though. You never know. But um. Yeah, so he, he didn't take it as seriously as he could. And um, you know, overall, even though regardless of the outcome or anything before that, we did think that it was a fantastic fight. So I was I was 100% happy with that one. Um, I was very happy about John Jones's uh, 15-month USADA suspension. So for those who didn't know, the 15 months ends October. So this October, next October, by November he will be cleared to fight, you know, early November, he'll be cleared to fight. So, you know, there's a couple more options left for the for the year for him. But I do think and I do want to see John fight before the end of the year. You know, what, what a Cinderella story that would be for Mr. Jones. I think it would be phenomenal. I think he would bring a lot of heat, a lot of uh, firepower to the UFC 230 main event, which transpires me into the next topic. What do I think of the 15-month suspension? And my resp- I'm going to respond to everybody that has responded to that. I do think that, it, you know, obviously, it's it, obviously, you know, what he has done in the past, it, it speaks for itself. You know, the car accident, the hitting the pregnant girl, crashing his Bentley, um, getting popped for cocaine. Um... You know, there's a list of things that goes on that John has done. But something's just popped in my head that I don't think, necessarily in my head, I don't think, based off his response, I don't think that he uh, was one to necessarily cheat. Maybe the first time he got popped, but the second time that he did, I don't necessarily think that he was one to cheat. Obviously, if you look at his response to that, he's not going to be that upset or cry about something like that with him knowing that he did something that probably 
cause that. If I do something that's going to cause it, like Malky was saying on the aerial show yesterday, that if I did something that I know got me in trouble that was going to possibly happen, you know, that there would be no shock. I would just personally know that there is no way out of that, and eventually it's going to happen. So I didn't. I, I wasn't really necessarily. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be too surprised on that. So that that kind of brings me to the point that why I didn't think that John didn't do it. I mean, this this makes no sense. Why would someone jeopardize their own career due to something stupid like that? And the, the thing is, it it's happened before. So obviously, John's not stupid. He has had the wrong people around him. Everybody has. We've all done things like that. It's all right. But in reality, I just don't think he was intentionally cheating. So that moves on to saying, what do I think of the suspension? I'm happy. It's kind of a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift to have a John come back by next October. Essentially, he's back. We don't have too long to wait. Now we just await the future and we see what the UFC can put together. You know, in my head, I am aiming for the Gustafson fight. I think that's the only fight that makes sense. I like to see him fight for the world title. But for me, I'm, I'm not thinking about the belts. I'm not currently thinking about the belts. I'm not thinking about ranks. I'm thinking about what's the best fights that they can put together. And I'm thinking Gustafson. Along with everyone else, I'm pretty damn sure all you guys are thinking the same thing that I am. Putting him against Gustafson, five-rounder. For God's sake, never ever put him in a three-round fight. But um, I think that's the, that's like the only one to, that they can make. That You know, it's, it's, a sell, it's a sellable one. Obviously, if you watch the very first one, it was a very sellable one. And it was a, one of the best of all time. So if you want to recreate that kind of, of, of fight, recreate that kind of uh, landscape, two of the best in the world. I mean, Gustafson's obviously got to be number three in the world. You know, you got Daniel, you got John, you know, you got to add Gustafson to the list too. So, so I think that that's, um, you know, three of the best in the world, you know, including Anthony Johnson too, but we're talking about currently active, active competition. And I do think that John obviously is one of the best of all time. You know, his his performance against Cormier in his last fight really showed where he was at. And like I said, his biggest enemy, he has, he, it's not like he's lost and has this been been beaten up or anything like that. His own enemy has been himself. Like his, his own enemy has been himself. So throughout the time that John has been in the UFC, He's looked absolutely phenomenal. He's never lost his title. The only, if you think about it, the only time that he has lost his title was due to him. It was due to the, due to the actions. It was due to him personally. Like it was him personally. His actions are what caused him to get stripped. You know, he comes back. He wins the interim belt against uh, Oven Saint Preux. Gets uh, stripped of that. Due to a failed drug test, he's out, comes back, fights Cormier, beats Cormier, boom, stripped of the light heavyweight belt he just won. And, honestly, don't disagree with me, but I do think the second fight was better than the first fight. I mean, look how brutal it happened. Look at the way that it happened. Look at the power Jones possessed. I mean, he was coming off of a long layoff. He'd come off a lot of weight lifting. So, obviously, I'm pretty sure he was doing a lot of power. You know, he's putting a lot of power. John has a lot of pop. So when John comes back, expect him to be finishing people a lot more brutally. You know, early on in John's career, he's a technical technician. You know, he's tactical. I mean, like that performance against Rashad Evans was very tactical. You know, the, the one against Rampage was very tactical. You know, he, he locked in a rear naked choke submission. Um, the Glover Teixeira fight, he won pretty handily. Uh, the Lodo Machida fight was kind of... A little bit scary because the way Machida was back then and the way he was countering, you know, John's got hit. So we never really seen John get hit too much other than the first, that fight with Machida. You know, he wasn't really, ooh, damn, that's a nice ass. Um, he wasn't really hit too bad with that one. But also, he also did, um, then, then we go fast forward to the Gustafson fight. And that's one of the first fights that I feel that, you know, he was really hit. He was hit. He was hurt. 
he was on the brink of almost being defeated. Who knows if it was a different judge one day, we could have Alexander Gustafson winning that first fight. You know, everything, everything in the mixed martial arts world would be a lot more different because of that. But, you know, John is a champion. I do think that this fight makes the most sense, like I was saying. And I think that that's the direction the UFC should go. I mean, they should try to do everything they can to possibly get that fight done. I mean, here's your answer right here, motherfuckers. Put John versus Gustafson, five-round non-title fight as a main event. I guarantee you that sells. On God, that shit will sell. That's a sellable fight. That's the, belts in 2018 don't mean anything. So I think that them putting this fight on there makes the most sense versus anything else. So I, I want to see. I'm curious to wait. I, I'm kind of getting a little impatient here. But I think that I have faith in UFC. UFC is one of the best organizations in the world. Man, thick. Snickers. Jesus Christ. Girl's wearing some, like, great. Those gray stretch pants. Man, it looked like fucking snacking those things. I think those are like the future, honestly, seeing all the, everybody wears those now. That's the thing, everybody wears those. So, like I said, John Jones, Alexander Gresselson, sign me the fuck up. Okay, what else happened in the mixed martial arts world, you, you fucks? Um, Bellator has an event, really an interesting event, really, 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 really interesting fight. You know, it's not all about UFC, you know. There's a lot of other events out there, and I think this is the biggest fight. Tell me, Call me crazy, but I think this is the biggest fight in Bellator history. And one of the biggest fights in mixed martial arts history because of the landscape of it. I mean, I've been thinking about this for the last few days. No, no, maybe like the last week. Maybe so ever since these fights were fucking announced. Okay, so you look at Gegard Mousasi. Go back to his UFC career. He was top 10. He was top 5. Beating everybody. He unfortunately didn't get a title shot due to his popularity probably and, and his ability to sell. No offense to that. You know, the real fans will stay behind him because he is a tactician. He is one of the best fighters on the planet. He is one of the best guards, one of the best submission games, some of the best striking, some of the most relaxed I've ever seen someone. <laughs> Rory said on the MMA Ariel show um, that he looks like he, he's had a boring Christmas dinner. You know, he just has that reaction. His, he's so relaxed. He's so fluid. His, his striking is so crisp. He can strike so well. He can be so relaxed. He doesn't seem like a guy to to get to crack under pressure or anything like that. Obviously, he's had some slip-ups in you know, the Uriah Hall fight, the Jacare fight, the Machida fight. You know, really weird fight, by the way. Um, I would like to see them run that one back if they can. They possibly can because now Machida is part of the Bellator roster. But, you know, Musashi's the real deal. He's a real package. I mean, look at Rory McDonald as well. He was a real package in the UFC. You know, his fights with Robbie Lawler, both fights were very exciting. I think the second one beats Triumphs as one of the best welterweight fights of all time. You know, no disrespect to, uh, you know, Woodley and, you know, Tom, Stephen Thompson, but I think arguably that's one of the best of all time. If you if you introduce someone to fighting and they had never seen any on TV or live TV, that is on the list I think of top fights to put together. You can't say no to that one. That's one of the best ones of all time. I necessarily do think about it like that. That is one of the best ones. You know, unfortunately, Rory loses that one, but it was a very close fight. Had both both of them were in trouble at one point in time. But Robbie just lands a devastating shot to Roy's nose. Roy's nose is all blessed up and bloody. And he is unable to continue, unfortunately, in that fight. But it was a great fight while it lasted. Um, I wish they could run that one back. It was an excellent fight. Uh, it was an excellent performance on both fight, fighters' hands. And, you know, that takes us to 2018. Roy McDonald's one of the best fighters in the world. You know, he left the UFC, obviously, on a loss. You know, he had a weird fight with Stephen Thompson. His nose was still bothering him. He was going through all that. But now, you know, he comes in the Bellator cage, beats Douglas Lima um, for the belt. Very tough fight. Douglas Lima always brings it. He's definitely one of the best uh, welterweights on the planet as well. Um, finishes Paul Daly in his first fight. I think it was his first fight in the, in the Bellator cage. He submits Paul Daly. He takes him down. He submits him with a rear naked choke, I think, or something like that. Yeah, he submitted him, definitely. Um, and, you know, he looked good doing it. So, he got obviously, and, and on top of that, you look at what Rory's involved in right now. It's it's phenomenal. It's exciting. I'm 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 more than excited for this one because of the fact that you look at you look at how good he is. 
how truly good he is. He finally has a world title belt. Unfortunately, he's not in the best organization in the world in the UFC, but he has it, and he's in the second best organization, arguably, in the future. I'm not going to really necessarily say what organization is the best. It's like you, it's like you, it's it's going to be united together in a way because you know Bellator has been doing a lot of big things ever since Scott Coker's took over. I've been very interested in what they've done. You know, it wasn't necessarily too much. I'm a crazy fan back when in the Bjorn days, but um. I was excited, you know, when Scott took over. I was excited to see everything that they're doing. And now that, you know, you look at this in the landscape. Rory's fighting Gegard, I think, this Friday. So he fights Gegard. Perfect scenario. He beats Gegard, two-division champion already. Boom. He leaves the UFC. Two, three fights later, he's two-division champion. Three fucking fights in the Bellator cage, and he is a two-division champion. On st- All right, here's the catch, folks. Here's the next best part. He's a part of the welterweight tournament. So every time he fights, it's going to be a title fight. He's fighting John Fitch. He's scheduled to fight John Fitch right after that. Not a title defense. He's a part of the welterweight tournament. The thing is, he's already the champion. So that makes it more interesting. Kind of, it's kind of scary. Gives me a little anxiety. But hey, you know, he's doing a lot of big things and I'm excited to see what, what, what Rory, uh, puts together, you know, as being one of the best fighters of all time. I feel like he's, he's, he hasn't, you know, as good as he was in the UFC, I don't think that he's even reached his prime yet as scary as that sounds, and that makes for a very, very interesting 2018 and early 2019 for one Roy McDonald. So that's extra interesting as well. Um, and also, we got another amazing a heavy. I think it's heavyweight. I, I don't know if it's heavyweight or light. I don't think Rampage is going back to, to light heavyweight ever. So I think that Vanderlei Silva versus Quentin Rampage Jackson 4 is also on that card. That's an excellent one. I think it's from uh, in, uh, it's, a, it's from the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Bellator is mainly known for going to San Jose. Scott Coker has roots there, and you know, back in the Strike Force days, that was one of the uh, that was uh, that was one of the places that the, a lot of their events were held. So, um, you know, Scott Coker days were were, were fun. Um, Scott Coker, you know, Strike Force, because you know he was he was part of Strike Force. You know he branded guys like DC, Luke Rockhold, Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg, all the best fighters in the UFC now originally came from Scott Coker. So that was what was exciting, and it's pretty exciting. Um, it's exciting to see. Damn, she got asked. Um, it's exciting to see what's going to happen. It's fourth fight. It's Vanderlei beat Rampage twice. Rampage knocks him out in the UFC. By the way, Ramp, uh, Vanderlei beat him in Pride two times, viciously. And Rampage knocks him out in the UFC, viciously. So obviously, now they've got to fight maybe one more time, maybe two more times. You know, fan favorite fights. It's a fun fight. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Obviously, Vanderlei hasn't been in action since losing to Chael. I think Rampage hasn't been in action since losing to King Mo for the sec, uh, for their second fight. Um, in their second fight, because Rampage won the first one, but um, a lot of people thought he lost that one too. No disrespect. I, I have to go back and watch it to really gain just my memory back to where it was. But um, yeah, I did. I did think it was pretty. Uh, it's pretty ex- interesting. You know, it's two fa- fan fa- fan favorite fights. You know, nothing beats the main event. It's tech technically one of the best contests we, we probably get is you know it's a comparison to steven thompson and darren till which i was talking about you know you, you just look at these two absolutely phenomenal strikers you know who's her good in all areas rory's great takedowns rory has great submissions he has essentially you know very tactical very technical striker he's one of the best in the world you know in the ufc and the mma world and in bellator you know he's the best in the ufc comes over to Bellator, you know, contract negotiations, pulled him to Bellator. I feel that is better for him overall as a career, you know, because these guys at the end of the day are fighting for a paycheck and and whatever else is going to be the most beneficial for their, their uh, for him, for his family. You know, he just had a baby, so, or he, well, he, he has one now, so it's exciting for him. And, you know, I think there's a lot, if you look at it now, he's doing a lot bigger things than he was in the UFC, so... Like I said, we get two excellent fights as a co-main and main, you know, two very tactical fights, two very fun fights. You know, the, the fun fight with Rampage, you know, it's obvious someone's getting finished in that fight, that's for sure. 
Uh, I'm really curious to see how Vanderlei responds. You know, I, I know that Vanderlei is a stand-up guy. I know that he is a guy that you know, you know, he doesn't he doesn't fuck with the wrestling game. You know, obviously, you know, Chael exploited that very well. He Chael was able to beat him. You know, that was a fight. Everyone, it's funny, it's kind of like that fight slipped under the rug for a second. That was a fight that a lot of people wanted to see for a very long time. So when that fight finally happened, you know, it was just boom, Chael takes him down, beats him up in the floor, and defeats him. Then, let me see, who else? Yeah, so you got, we got really, really interesting fights. Two, two great headliners. I'm excited for it. Bellator in, uh, in San Jose. I gotta make my way to San Jose. I'm only like an hour and like 15 minutes away from Be- from San Jose. If they ever have another big card, I might end up just going to one of them because they're actually they actually do a lot of great uh a lot a lot of great cards there. And I think as as the years go by, I do think that I do think that they will continuously, constantly, continue to produce different different cards and better cards. And, you know, very fun cards like that. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that. And, uh, you know, and henceforth. So let's let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just answer this message real quick. I don't like to text on air, but I'm going to do it anyways. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. <laughs> Holy shit, man. So, yeah, overall, I had a great weekend. Uh, last uh, a night ago. I had some sort of sleep sleep paralysis or some shit like that. Like I was, I went to sleep and I felt like throughout the whole night I wasn't able to wake up. I thought I was dead essentially. And I thinking about it, it felt like I thought was just if I was passing away in my sleep or something like that. And I couldn't wake up. I felt like someone was just forcing my head down. I'll be, I'll be trying to wake up. And someone was forcing my head down, and I wasn't able to get up. It was kind of freaky. Then I started to look up the symptoms. I felt like a fucking ghost went through my soul or something. Because, you know, something, a couple things, you know, I don't talk about necessarily too many things that happened behind the scenes. But some, some certain things did happen. I don't know what it was. My head was really hurting. I felt like I had, like, the ultimate headache in the whole wide world. I had never woken up like that. I've slept, like, eight hours, nine hours before, maybe ten hours and I never felt like that, so it was kind of a weird feeling. So it was pretty, really interesting. Um, that that that's really what I what I felt. I didn't necessarily know what it was. So like the last two nights, I haven't necessarily had. I've, I've slept a lot, but I feel like I haven't had the best of sleep sleeps. So I didn't really kind of know what was going on. And you know, last night I've just been having some really fucking detailed dreams. And they're about reality. I feel like I seen like a vision or some shit like that. Like it was pretty fucking insane. A lot of people probably think, no, he's on drugs. This guy's on drugs. He's done drugs. No, no, that's not the case. I don't do drugs. Smoke the devil's lettuce, but nothing else. But yeah, it was pretty fucking creepy. Maybe I just haven't had, the, I haven't had the best sleep within the last week or so. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of good that I have been getting my sleep and getting my rest. I went, I passed out like a nine, like nine or 10 or something last night. And that's fucking early as fuck for me. Usually I'll go to bed around like 12. I don't necessarily like to go to bed at one because I have to be up at 530 in the morning. Most of the time, every single day if I choose to, but I, I really kind of didn't want to. Because I had to, but, you know, there's times, you know, on the weekends, it's like times where I don't necessarily want to. Well, on the weekends, I mean, maybe Monday, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are days I mandatory have to get up by a certain time because I have school, because I have other things on the side that I have to do, and I wasn't, uh, didn't have necessarily too much time. So, you know, Friday and Saturdays are the days that I only get to sleep. It's like I only get the weekends, essentially, but I do work on Sundays too so it's kind of like I don't really have too much time so you know when you don't have enough sleep it's really taxing on your body and stuff so that's what that's just what it is yeah I mean, it's starting to pretty crazy though I feel better now my head, head kind of feels like something went through my fucking head or some shit like that
Yeah, but anyways, yeah, it's early as fuck. It's early as fuck in the morning though. Doing a show because I have some things to do after that. I do have class later on, but you know, I feel like I woke up. I woke up with um with uh, a mission on my head. It's it's Tuesday, like I said. Mondays are mainly the days that people post the podcast and put the podcast out and stuff. But um, but yeah, um, ooh. Ooh, some breaking news just popped up. Hmm. Maybe an hour ago? According to USADA via BJPen.com. First outlet I've seen. So, according to USADA, John Jones must keep playing ball at risk of losing his reduced suspension. If you guys know, like I was saying earlier, it's 15 months. We don't want to see it any much longer. So, let me just read this. I'm going to read it out loud if you guys don't mind. I'm kind of curious because it's the first time. I've seen a little, I've seen like little reports of it, but. If he doesn't, John Jones can receive longer suspension if he doesn't provide credible, substantial assistance via Tom Taylor two hours ago. So, for his July failed drug test, former UFC light heavyweight champion John Jones received 15 months suspension from the United States Anti-Doping Agency, retroactive to the time of his failed test. This means he'll be able to fight again by the end of October. Given this, that this was John's second USADA infraction, this 15-month 15 15 term strikes as a fairly short period. The reason for a shortened suspension, however, is that John Jones provided significant and useful information to USADA. Hmm, wonder what that consists of. In the opinions of many fans, it seems to imply he snitched. Speaking on Ariel Hawani's MMA show, on Monday, John Jones' Nakikawa assured that this isn't the case. He assured that he didn't give John any information about any fighters, but instead only offered up information that made his case easier to work through. There's other things that took place here, and there's things that John did with himself. There's things with USADA, the arbitrator, everyone involved got from John about John that they never had before. USADA's spokesperson, I'm getting really bored reading, Daniel Danielle Urich responded to these comments while she didn't say outright whether John told on his teammates or not. She did drop another interesting detail. Okay, I'm not going to read all this. Okay, I'm going to skip skipping directly to what she said. Importantly, if the athlete or support personnel fails to continue and cooperate and provide credible, substantial assistance, USADA will reinstate the original sanction, Urich said. These rules set out in 10 6 one one are crystal clear, and if they're not met, individual individual will not be considered for a reduction based on substantial assistance. So, if he doesn't continue to provide substantial assistance, we could see originally what his, what his his drug what his original suspension term could have been, which we don't know because we never really had an official. You know, it was two years, four years. First offense is one year, I think, or six months or something. Second one's two years. Second one's four years. Third one's, I think, lifetime or some shit like that. But, uh, and, uh, just kind of really, really scary to see. But, uh, let's see. Let's see a couple more things before we, uh, get out of here. I know today's show's relatively slow or relatively, uh, shorter, but that leaves room for the next week's episode because I'm really stoked about that one. I've done my notes. I've done my homework. Like I said, I had a conversation with Ryan yesterday. And I um, I can't wait for that one. Um, so, like I said, covered a lot of shit today. Anyway, so early in the morning, so can't judge me. It's still eight nine. It's eight nineteen in the fucking morning. I think we've been, yeah we've been on on for thirty eight minutes currently. All right. I know there's something else. I, I feel like I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like uh. I feel like there's something I haven't said. It's fucking freezing out here. That's for damn sure, though. I can't believe I fucking passed out so early. It's crazy because I see all these people, all these, like, women walking around with short shorts on. I'm like, it's fucking cold. But then I understand where they're coming from because later on in the day, it gets fucking hot. And if you're wearing black, which I am wearing black shorts, black shirt, black shoes, black soles, I'm just kidding. Ugh, but um, 
it, it actually like it gets really fucking hot later on in the day. So I mean, I'm not one to wear pants. I never will wear pants in the winter. I'm not wearing pants. I don't give a fuck how cold it is. I will wear a jacket. I will wear a sweater. I am not wearing pants because I feel like pants has been the root of all evil due to the fact that it's made me so hot over the time. So I'm not wearing pants. It's as crazy as that sounds. But all right, let's move on to some couple of uh, current events before we get out of here. Like I said, I'm saving the whole Ali Abdelaziz thing for uh, next week's podcast. So um, we'll, we'll go from there on everything about that. But, you know, it's, it's, I have a feeling it's not going to be directly related to that. It's somewhat going to be, but it's not at the same time. So I do think that um, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what me and uh, Ryan can come up with, you know, since since a couple of days, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a, maybe a few hours, maybe like a, at least 12 hours since I've talked with him on the phone. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what he has come up with in the last couple of days um, do, based off what he was, what he told me, which I can't say, I'm not going to say it on air or anything like that. It's a private conversation. Um, but, you know, I'm curious to see how the solution has evolved and how everything is going on. Ah, I know what we forgot. I knew it. Recap of UFC Sao Paulo. Thiago Santos defeats uh, Eric Anders by third round TKO, the uh, the referee. I mean, if you see that, if you see it, it was actually fan-filled, fun fight throughout the whole entire time. Both guys went in that fight with bad, in- not bad intentions. The thing is, they fought like they had bad intentions. But originally, that wasn't even, though those two weren't even on that main event slot. It was Jimmy Manuel and it was Glover Teixeira. Glover gets pulled from the fight due to injury. So, Jimmy is left without an opponent. Thiago Santos matches that offer. We get Thiago Santos versus Jimmy Manuel, which was a very fun fight. Strikers Paradise fight. I was excited for that one. Jimmy Manuel gets to Brazil. He's ready. Torn hamstring out, I think, six weeks. He's unable to fight. So, after that, it goes to Eric Anders. So, it's Thiago Santos versus Eric Anders. So, Thiago Santos suffered an injury just days before the fight, and he still fights through it. So, that kind of makes his victory a lot more sweeter. Now, it wasn't like a finishing sequence or anything. Like, he didn't land some vicious elbows on the ground to the point where... He, you know, the referee waved it off. It's just the fact that Eric was absolutely exhausted after that third round. And, you know, he just couldn't get to his feet. You know, he after that last round, he gets up, tries to get up with the help of, like, this cornerman or referee or whoever it was, forgot, and he collapses. You know, a lot of people thought maybe it was due to, like, you know, he's being battered and beaten up so much, but it was due to exhaustion. Like, he was absolutely exhausted. He, you know, he tried to get back up again, he waves it off, he just lays on the canvas, looks absolutely exhausted, he's absolutely out of energy, and, you know, um, you know, props to Eric Anders, as tough as they come, I think he's had, uh, I think, if I'm correct, three fights in 2018, I think Machida fight, I think the Machida fight was last year, I don't know, let me look, because he's, he's fought Machida, he lost to Machida, a lot of people, including myself, thought he won that one. And uh, let me see. I'm just going to look it up real quick. Just so I don't sound like an idiot when I'm talking. But, um, yeah, so he fought Eric. He, Eric Anders fought Machida, comes back. He knocks out, uh, I forgot the name of the guy, but he knocks him out with a beautiful head kick. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, he, he, Tim Williams. Uh, he, beat, he beat Tim Williams. Okay, so let me pull him up. Eric Anders, 31 years old. Mixed martial arts record is 11-2. and two. It's not a bad record, though, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so, yeah, he fought Machida earlier this year, 2000, February 3rd. Loses by split decision. Comes back, beats Tim Williams in August by knockout via head kick in the third round. Performance in the night. Fast forwards to Tiago Santos at, in September. He took that fight on short notice, by the way. Kind of seemed crazy. I was like, damn, August to September, that's... Short, short time to prepare. You need about eight weeks. But he, he fills in. He answers a call. Referee stops the fight. Um, earns earns fight of the night. His last two fights, performance of the night. Fight of the night, he's earned bonuses. So Eric Anderson is as tough as they come. You know, he has, definitely has a bright future. 
definitely is a huge star. I feel that he handled that fight better than ever. He was even willing to go on Ariel's show yesterday, which was even better. You know, I had more acknowledgement and props for him, as well as Tiago Santos, who I always thought was one of the um, most respectful guys. You know, very, very intimidating looking, very, you know, very mean looking, but inside he has a heart of gold. He's a great guy. He's a fun guy. He's a respectable guy. You know, he's always giving props to his opponents before or right after the fight. You know, very respectful. Um, you know, very humbling guy. So, like I said, looks on everything. Definitely, definitely is a, a big, big, strong guy who I think has a career at both at 185 and if he chooses to at light heavyweight as well. You know, he's a, he, he relatively, you know, he kind of looked a little smaller than than Eric Anders. Eric Anders was a big 205 pounder. Probably arguably 215, maybe maybe about maybe ballooned up to two, maybe up 215, 220 on fight night. But Eric Anders was big compared to Tiago, and you know Eric Anders did implement a really good strategy. You know, initiating the takedowns, using the grappling sequence to, to kind of slow Santos's output down, which is a very smart and tactic, tactical move by Eric. So it shows veteran experience and and his 13 fights that he's had. So you know that was a great. Um, 12 fights at the time at 13 now. Um, but, you know, he showed, he showed, he, he was doing good in that fight. You know, he wasn't behind on any stretch whatsoever. He was hurt a couple times. Santos hits like a fucking truck. He's a monster. He, he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. You know, at 36 years old, Tiago Santos is, is arguably not even reached his prime yet. You know, he's a vicious guy, knockout power. Um, you know, we haven't really seen him in, in some huge fights yet. So, like I said, I feel that the best is yet to come for Santos. He was successful. Um, the referee waves out the fight. It wasn't necessarily one of those vintage finishes that he's that we're used to seeing as fans and as media and as podcasters. We're not used to seeing that, but uh, we did get to see a fantastic performance. It was a great fight back and forth while it lasted, and it was a huge fight for the fans. So, congrats to Tiago Santos. Uh, congrats to... Andre Itwell for defeating the former champion Henry Burrell. Um Ronda Marcos. I forgot the name of the opponent. Is, is this bad? I forget the name of the opponent too. But, um, there were some fantastic performances. Little Nog, Rogerio Noguera returns against Sam Alvey. Knocked him out in the second round. A really vintage one. If you see the way his leg bent and was bent was reminiscent of Krokop versus Gonzaga the second time. And the way his leg bended, you know, he floored Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey got up, still had a smile on his face. You know, he's a he's a he's a really respectable respected guy, and you know, he's a really um, you know he's a positive guy. So you know, look up to people like that. You know, he's a great guy, great attitude, and you know, it was, it was overall a great night. So when is the next UFC event? I'm pretty convinced that it is UFC 229. So let's see. I'm just gonna pull this up really quick. You know, how about Conor fucking McGregor? Stealing the show at the UFC 229 press conference. Like I said, I can't get over the fact that he wasn't, they didn't allow the fans to come in there. Ah, oh, here we go. But, you know, I understand. Like I said, I understand what the UFC is doing. So, all right. UFC 229, Khabib versus McGregor, Saturday, October 6th, 2018 from T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, motherfuckers. Main card starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. The prelims will air on Fox Sports 1, start at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Online prelims, also known as the Fight Pass prelims, are 6.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 3.15 p.m. Pacific. So we've got a great card. There's Khabib versus Connor McGregor on this one. Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. A lot of a lot something. A lot of a fight. A lot of people aren't necessarily talking about because of the buzz behind McGregor and all that. But Olven St. Pru versus undefeated Dominic Reyes. Derek Lewis versus Alexander Volkov. Major implications in the UFC heavyweight rankings wise. Michelle Watterson returns against Felice Herrig. Sean O'Malley, the Sugar Show, headlines the prelims against Jose Quinones. Undefeated Sean O'Malley. 10 and 0. Can't wait to see him. Vicente Luque versus Jalene Taylor. Aspen Ladd versus Tanya Avenger. Undefeated. We got a lot of undefeated people on this card. Lena Landsberg versus Yanin Kuntikaya. Both cyborg victims. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Scott Hot Sauce Holdman versus Aline Patrick from Brazil. 
Gray Manor returns against the Nick Lentz. Ryan LaFerre versus Tony Martin. Um, Tony Martin is the significant other of one Judoka Kayla Harrison. So, and um, so overall, it's a solid card. I, I'm really excited for the top two fights, honestly, because you know, there's a lot of great fights. It's a solid card. I think it sells. You know, if Khabib and McGregor are on this card by themselves, it would sell because it's just such a high stakes fight. Um, next week during fight week, we'll, we will come with pre- official predictions. I will break down the fight a lot more than this one. I know we've talked about it, you know, in the podcast, but I was going to kind of bring a technical approach to this. So that's just what I was going to, um, planning on doing. So like I said, that is our show though, ladies and gentlemen. I do appreciate each and every one of you guys joining us. It was a great show today. You know, like I said, congrats on that fucking Irish, on the uh, proper 12. I've definitely got to go get my hands on that. I think they sell, they sell it at a, like the local Raley's or something like that. So I'm, I'm really going to, I'm going to see if I can get that in probably like a couple weeks or something like that. I don't plan on getting it anytime soon. I kind of like to be excited to wait for it. And that's what I'm going to do. So proper 12, congrats on that one. Congrats on everyone who won. Props to Tiago Santos. Props to Eric Anders. Congrats to everybody. My name is Gabriel Hernandez. You guys know where to find me. At G Meeker MMA on Twitter. G Meeker MMA as well on Instagram. Same exact handle. Both my handles are the same for Twitter and Instagram. I'm an addict to Instagram and Twitter. So that's what it actually says in my actual bio. So follow me. Hit me up. Talk fights. Talk anything. Follow me. Been getting a lot of follows on Instagram lately too, based off of the traffic from the quotes and stuff and all the shit that I post on there. So you follow me on Snapchat as well at Jimmyker underscore and then May Facebook.com slash Gabriel Gabriel the King Hernandez as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. And for anyone that doesn't know how to find this podcast or, or find it in the future, hit up iHeartRadio, streams on iHeartRadio. Streams on Spotify, um, player1.fm, I think that's the name of it, CastBox.fm. Um, download, download CastBox app in Google Play or the App Store. It's a podcasting app. It's one of the best ones. You sign in with your account. You can sign in via Facebook. You can you, you sign in with your information. All the lists of your podcasts, every podcast you listen to is right there. You get the option to have it automatically downloaded as soon as a new podcast comes out. You can save them. You can download them from offline use. Maybe if you're not connected to Wi-Fi or maybe you have them on your tablet, you get the opportunity to listen to them offline, including mine. I use CastBox to produce my podcast, actually, so... That's another thing, a reason why I appreciate them. I have all my podcasts on there. Uh, it's easy to sign into. I use Google to sign into it, so it's a lot easier. So I get access to Ariel Hawani's MMA show, John Anik, Kenny Florian, the Joe Rogan show, um, MMA Hour, as well as my own. Like I use my own to, 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 to download, to screenshot the pictures and post it on social media and post the links and stuff and promote the podcast whenever it comes time so one last time ladies and gentlemen we will be back next week g meeker mma out baby bam